one of the things that I love to do on a Sunday is to go hill walking. We've been going hill walking for oh, for years now. Uh, out around Wicklow and the Coolies and Connemara and the Mourns. And one of the things I realise, particularly when you go to different mountain areas in Ireland, is, is the geology of the different hills. And I know nothing about geology. And that's one of the things I realised from hill walking for years. And really, you walk over all this rock and you never notice it and, and you never learn anything from it. And yet rock has so much to say. It's got history written in it. It is, it is time captured in a kind of a capsule. It really is tremendous stuff. But anyway, I've got really interested in geology just in the, in the last while. And the strange thing is that while it's nice to get out of the city, one of the great places to see rock and to see stone is actually to go back into city because it's one of the few places where you actually get naked rock. And you can look at the stone. And um, One of the nice things about it too is that you get a chance to see all the local stones because people will have used stones taken from the local area. So we can go into Dublin and look at the stones that would be around in the geology of the time of the place there. You've got limestone, you've got granite. Um, and so we can, we can have a look at that. And particularly now, too, um, in these days, people are using stones from further and further f- places, like the Arctic Circle and Latin America and all kinds of exotic places, China. Um, so lovely things to see when we go and look at the, the stones of Dublin, stones that were used in, in the buildings in Dublin. I've been north and I've been south and I've been east and west. I've been just a rolling stone. Yet there's one place on this earth I've always liked the best. Just a little town I call my own But Dublin can be heaven With coffee at eleven And a stroll in Stephen's Green No need to hurry No need to worry You're a king And the ladies Oh, now that's a relief of all the places to start a tour in Dublin, I would pick a hill. I have cycled up here to, wait, I got to my breath, to, to Dawkey Hill. And it's a lovely, still Sunday morning, and it really is great. And I'm going to have to, after that cycle, I'm going to have to uh, get off the bike here and catch my breath and take the view. And it really is a lovely view. Wait till I just dump the bike here. And uh, the view down over the city. Really is spectacular today. There's kind of a nice hazy sun and I can see across to Hoth Head across the bay. I can see down to the the sandy uh, stretch there at um, Rings End and I can see the stone piers of Dunleary and Dunleary Harbour. And the stone down in Dunleary Pier, Dunleary Harbour and all along the seawall there is actually some of the stone that I want to take a look at in this tour. But not just yet, because we're going to start with, with, with where I am here now today. And I've come up, just thread my way through the firs. It's a great thicket of firs here in, in Dawkey Hill. Because Dawkey Hill, there's a great gash in the side of the hill, because this is a quarry. And the stone from here was quarried, oh, a couple of hundred years ago, when they opened the quarry, to actually build Dunleary Harbour, Dunleary Pier, and the seawall all the way along there. And the reason they came here was because the stone here in the quarry really is a lovely, lovely stone. It's a granite. 
and he's about 400 million years old, which seems like a long time, but it isn't really in the whole scale of things. And about 400 million years ago, this would have been a, a, a hot, molten mass. And because it's hot, geologists call this an igneous kind of rock. Igneous from fire, I suppose. Think of, think of ignite, think of ignition. This is a, an igneous rock, this granite. It's got a lovely warm, rich golden colour to it. And that's probably because there's a fair bit of iron in there. Iron, if you think of it, is, is rust. And a lot of the kind of the warm colour in this is really the colour of rust. And it's rich in, in various minerals, and one of them is mica. And granite is generally rich in mica. And mica is the black and, and the silvery stuff in granite that gives it that lovely glistening sparkle when the sun catches it. This is a lovely rock, and granite is really very hard, and this is why the hill comes to be here today. Because 400 million years ago, when this was a molten mass, there was lots of rock on top of it. Well, that rock has been eroded away over time, and the harder granite has been left here as this lump. And it's a really very useful stone. Because it's so hard, it's great to build with. And so this quarry was opened about 200 years ago for the building of Dunleary Pier and Dunleary Harbour down below us. Dublin can be heaven with coffee at eleven and a stroll in Stephen's Green. No need to hurry, no need to worry, you're a king and the ladies are queen. This is our first port of call on the way back into Dublin. It's Booterstown Slobs, actually an artificial piece of marshy land that was created when the seawall was built here along the coast between Dunleary and the city of Dublin. I'm actually going to go and take a look at that seawall now and just leave the bike here and head over across the bridge over the Dart Line. There's a number of things that we can see in the seawall that we're going to look at here. One of them is the stone that was taken from Dorky Quarry, this lovely granite. And it was used to build the seawall and the piers, a lot of the buildings, for the Dublin to Kingstown Railway. It was the first railway in Ireland. And it was built back in the 1830s. And the first train journey was in 1834. They actually used the granite from Dockey Quarry to make the sleepers for the railway for that uh, first journey. But of course the stone was too brittle and it broke, and a lot of those old sleepers were then incorporated into the seawall here, along at Booterstown, and also down at uh, Blackrock as well too. We're going to take a walk along, just see what we can see in the seawall here. Well, the tide is out, and the sand here is, is lovely. It's stretching, it seems to be stretching for miles. I can see hope again looking over to Hoth across the bay. And Hoth is actually the oldest bit of rock in Dublin. It's about 500 and 550 million years old. Much, much older than anything else here. Um, but that's not what we're looking at here. We're going to look at some, again, of the stone from Dorky. There we go, a bit that I can see. We have to go down a bit more. This looks like it's one of the old might have been one of the old sleepers from the railway. It's a long, long block, a rectangle of the old granite, and it's actually got a hole drilled in it, which might well have been where the track would have run along the sleeper. 
but uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously hard to say for sure that that's what it is. But that's been incorporated into the wall. So a lot of the wall built here from from the granite from Docky Hill. But the other rock that's here, and it's really well, it's very, very different in, in nature from the granite, and that's limestone. And that's the rock that we actually get here naturally at this part of Dublin. The granite we get much further south at Docky and into Wicklow, but this is limestone. It's, it's sedimentary stone, and it's built up over the years as the sediment is laid down one almost kind of like growth rings in a tree you get this um, bedding or strata or layers in the rock and you can see it really very clearly here you can see these layers in this dark grey limestone that naturally occurs here and this is the rock that gives the area its name the black rock and very different in colour from the much much lighter granite that you get much further south which actually gives its name also to a name place down near Kalini, white rock so this is the limestone on which much of Dublin has been built and we're going to be actually seeing how an awful lot of that was incorporated into the buildings in Dublin as they were using local stone. And the other thing to see here is just the sand, the sand stretching out across the bay because this is sediment being laid down now, year after year being deposited by the currents and the tides and it's stone accumulating now that perhaps in millions of years to come will be compressed, compacted, perhaps into a sandstone, perhaps into a limestone. Magic in the air, there are diamonds in the lady's eyes and gold dust in her hair. And if you don't believe me, come and meet me there in Dublin on a sunny summer morning. Right, well this is it. We finally, myself and the bike, we finally got into to Dublin. And this is our first real building to look at. This is Christchurch Cathedral, right slap bang in the middle of the city, in fact in the middle of the old city of Dublin as well too. And we've come here because well, it was started to, King Citric started to build this in about 1032, but it was really built, certainly in stone by the Normans, who started in the 12th century. And they were the first real people to use stone in general for building. People had used stone before that they built the likes of Newgrange and the various monuments churches like Gallers' Oratory and so on but generally they hadn't been using stone to build and it was the Normans that were the first to really use stone as a building material and the stone they used was mostly local limestone and this particular limestone came from Lucan which is probably a fair old distance in those days but, but still a local limestone and the other stone that they would have used was actually an imported stone and it was an imported, again a limestone brought from Bristol and that was partly because they brought with them their stone carvers and their stone masons and their stone cutters and these people would have been used to this particular stone so they brought not just the tradespeople with them but also the stone and one of the great advantages of Dublin when it comes to importing stone and that's even going back a thousand years is that Dublin is on the sea and it would have been relatively easy and relatively cheap to bring stone from Britain to Dublin now, we've been awful lot, we still need to see in Dublin, but before we leave Christchurch, I just want to take a look inside. 
come down into the crypt below Christchurch Cathedral and lots of the old stone that would have been used to build the original cathedral still here. And the gas thing is it's as black on the inside here as, as the stone and a lot of the places on the outside is. You kind of think it might be cleaner in here than it would on the outside. And this again is local limestone taken from Lucan. And Lucan was just one of the many quarries in Dublin that would have been used in medieval times to produce limestone. And there were others um, at Palmerstown, Crumlin, Kimmage, Donnybrook. And you really see no traces of them these days, or very few traces. Except you looked at the old maps, you might see quarries marked on them and so on. Um, but Donnybrook bus station, for example, is one of the old quarries. The bus station there fills the old quarry. And there's a park on Sun Drive in Kimmage, and that again um, is an old quarry site where limestone was taken from the city and used in local buildings. little kind of a cul-de-sac. It's full of banks, all kinds of interesting things. But one of the buildings I want to see here is Rhea the Stockbrokers. And I want to look at it for a couple of reasons. The first reason is there's a lovely green slate used around the windows and at the street level here. And it's a lovely smooth cold stone. Very, very green. And this slate comes from Wales and it was once volcanic ash. The slates are all sedimentary of one kind or another, maybe mudstones or siltstones that get compacted perhaps when mountains are formed and the pressures compress the original stone into a slate. But in this particular case, it's not a mudstone or a sandstone so much as, as volcanic ash that would have rained down like a sediment and then been compacted at some stage in its history. And it's strange to think that this was once once volcanic ash and it's now around the windows of stockbrokers at Dame Street. And that's, that's a green slate that, that's here at Read the Stockbrokers. And the other stone that's really interesting in this particular building is Portland stone. And this is a creamy white limestone. And it comes from a place called Portland in Dorset in England. And there must be a massive amount of this stone because most of the really important buildings in Dublin that you can think of are probably faced with this particular stone. And it was made popular back in the 17th century by Christopher Wren when he rebuilt London after the Great Fire in 1666. It's a soft, as I say, limestone. It's, a, it's relatively recent. It was laid down about 150 million years ago when, at that time, the area of Portland was covered by a shallow tropical sea. And the animals in that sea have been have laid down, fallen to the seabed, and formed part of this limestone. And you can see all those uh, fossils in this rock here. And they stick out in the rock. They're very, very obvious. This is rich in fossils, and it really is lovely to look at. Another interesting thing here in Foster's Place is the road. Because these are sets, or what I used to call cobblestones, but in fact I now know aren't cobblestones at all. What we have are rectangular bits of stone, maybe four inches long, two inches wide, and they've been cut 
And this particular kind of stone is an igneous rock that the geologists call diorite. And this one is of interest because these stones came from a quarry in Wicklow that was owned by Charles Stewart Parnell. And at one stage, the end of the last century, he employed about 200 people, 200 men, producing these sets, dressing the stone, cutting the stone, shaping it into these set stones for the roads of Dublin um, back in 100 years ago. And most of Dublin is actually paved with these set stones. You don't see them now because they're lying under the tarmac. One last thing that we can have a look at in Foster Place, and that's the pavement, because this is a lovely granite pavement. And granite paving was really popular in Dublin until relatively recently, and they started using concrete, which seems a terrible shame, because not only does it not look nice, but it probably doesn't give you a great grip in the rain. This is a lovely granite paving, and in fact, there's lots of very nice granite paving all along Dame Street, and there's one really lovely bit up at the corner of Lord Edward Street there and City Hall, and it fans out in a lovely fan shape around the corner it's really very nice and one interesting thing about paving is that down on Wood Quay where they're building the new civic offices they've actually put in not concrete paving but a lovely granite paving and it's come all the way from China and the reason they've gone all the way to China and not to Wicklow which you would think would be much easier and cheaper is because apparently it is cheaper to bring granite from China uh, than it is to get granite from uh, Wicklow and the chances are that a lot of it is just the labour cost involved in producing granite paving. It's cheaper in China than it is in Wicklow. And if you don't believe me, come and meet me there in Dublin on a sunny summer morning. Well, this is Trinity College, the front square of Trinity College. And one of the first things you notice when you come in, particularly if you're on a bicycle or if you're unfortunate enough to be wearing stiletto heels, is that these are cobblestones. We've just been looking at sets in Foster Place, and I told you they weren't cobblestones. Well, these are some real cobblestones, because these are very, very different. They are irregular in shape, for a start, and they're rounded, and they've probably come from a beach. They've been naturally rounded, rather than cut and dressed as the sets that we saw in Foster Place were. And there are a whole mix of different kinds of stones. There's limestone here and diorite and a whole mix of different stones. They probably came from one, one or more beaches over the years. One of the oldest buildings in Trinity College is the old library building here. It's a dirty, dirty grey building and it's built like a lot of Dublin buildings from local limestone. And it's a kind of limestone they call calp and it's, it's actually quite brown in places. And it was laid down about 350 million years ago, uh, at a time when Ireland was covered by quite a shallow tropical sea. And this is a particularly muddy kind of a stone. And so much of Dublin was built over the years with this dirty, muddy limestone that had earned the title, Dear Old Dirty Dublin. Well, this particular stone has got much, much dirtier in the meantime because it is covered with a, a sooty deposit. It comes from sooty coal-burning fires from car exhausts and acid rain and it's one of the many problems of using stone in a city and one of the major projects the other thing that you'll notice when you come into the front square of Trinity College is that they have a major project underway they're cleaning the stone and they have to use we're going to look at some of the stone that they're cleaning they have to use different techniques for the different kinds of the stone 
and they've two kinds of stone in the buildings that they're cleaning at the moment. They've got limestone and they've got granite and these are chemically very different. One is acidic and one is alkaline so if you use very different techniques cleaning the stones and they use a weak acid solution on the granite and they use a kind of a paste on the limestone. They put this paste on and then they peel the paste away and it takes all the dirt away with it. And the other thing that they're doing with the stone, because there's a lot of very, very fine detail in the carvings, is they're actually using horror of horror, they're using dentist drills to clean the very fine detail in some of the carvings. And the carvings here are just spectacular. And I'm looking at carved columns of Portland stone here at the exam hall, and they've cleaned, and they've really come up lovely. And you can see the fossils. They stand proud of the stone when it's been cleaned. They're very much harder than the original limestone and they stand out and they weather out quite well. And that's probably, I'm looking at a, an, an odd shape here, it's probably a brachiopod or some such. And this particular lump of Portland stone is rich in fossils. It really is fantastic. And the Irish for fossil that I'm reminded when I just look at this, the the Irish for fossil is Ianthus or wonder. And I think it's a lovely word for such a wonderful thing. There is lots more to see in Trinity College, including the museum building just beyond there that I can see. Um, it's a fantastic building with lots of examples of Irish stone and marbles and exotic stones and fossils. And right up at the top in the attic, there's a, a nice little geology museum. Well, we're going to leave all that behind us and head out to something very, very different. There's magic in the air. There are diamonds in the lady's eyes and gold dust in her hair. And if you don't believe me, come and meet me there in Dublin on a sunny summer morning. Well, I'm on my way round to Grafton Street, but before I go there, I just want to take a quick detour and look at something very unusual here on Nassau Street, because this is a geological exhibition, and it's in a jeweller's shop window. It's called Lapis, and it's a jeweller's that's run by a geologist, John Darcy. And what's great for me, who knows very little geology, is that they've got examples of all the gemstones in the window, and they've also labelled them. And there are amethysts here, and they're a purple form of quartz. And they're found commonly in Cork and Kerry, and they're often called Kerry diamonds. And there are emeralds here, and they're a form of beryllium, so are aquamarine, and they're commonly found in Donegal and the Morns. And we even get lots of diamonds in Ireland. But they're industrial diamonds. They're made by De Beers down in Shannon, and they're not gem quality, unfortunately. And there are pearls here and coral, and they're different forms of lime made by marine organisms. And they're the kinds of stone and the kinds of minerals that get laid down in limestone. There's malachite, I see. That's a very green stone that's associated with copper and all kinds of different geological minerals here. Most of them laid down with igneous rock. And they're just some of the ways in which we actually use geology in our everyday lives because all the minerals and all the gold and silver would have been mined or quarried in one way in various parts of the world. And of course there are all kinds of different ways that we have geology in our everyday lives. Even toothpaste, that contains chalk so that when you brush your teeth you're actually polishing them with very fine limestone and with the fossils of marine organisms. Oh, 
Okay, well this is Grafton Street, one of Dublin's finest shopping streets and it's pedestrianised so I better get off and push my bike instead of cycling it up the street. And because it's pedestrianised there's lots of people out strolling down here enjoying the Sunday and lots of buskers. And one of the finest shops on Grafton Street is the new Brown Thomas's and it's faced with a lovely creamy Portland stone. This Portland stone has been used so much in Dublin over the centuries and what's really amazing is that 300 years after Christopher Wren first started using it, they're still producing this stone from Portland in England and it really is lovely here at the new Van Thomas's shop where Switzer's used to be on Grafton Street and rich in fossils. It really is lovely. And that's Van Thomas's. But what I've really come to Grafton Street to see today is not Portland stone and not Irish limestone or Irish granite, but some of the really exotic stones that are being used in the modern shops. The first exotic stone that I want to look at here in Grafton Street is at Donald McNally's The Opticians, not far from Bewley's. And this is a lovely, deep, ready brown granite, and it comes all the way from Brazil, and it looks like a marble, but in fact, a lot of what we call marble is actually polished granite like this one. And this, as I say, is a, a lovely red and flecks of dark black minerals in it, and it really is lovely. And they framed it with a black limestone, and the steps into the shop are a black limestone. And they've finished those limestone steps in a couple of ways. They've polished a dark black border in some places, and then they've pitted the surface in other places, so it's a lovely light grey. And the fossil steps are, or the limestone steps, are rich in fossils. It's a lovely, lovely shop. And there are three musicians and they're using the entrance into the shop as a natural sound box there today. And we're going to come on and just a couple of doors up is Principles, the fashion shop. And this is a, a very pretty, a very attractive deep red sandstone. And sadly, they've actually painted over some of the sandstone down at the street level, so you really can't see the stone as you go past. But I suppose it's one way of protecting stone against the rigours of city living. Right, well, this is, I'm at the top of Grafton Street, just at the corner of Stevens Green. And this is what I've really come to see, is this is Brazil. This is exotic. This is zany, this is wild. Oh, I wish, how do I describe this? This, well, it's a lovely stone. It's got bands of black and red and pink and gray. And it's, it's from Brazil and it's a stone that geologists call nice. Not N-I-C-E, although it's very nice as well too, but G-N-E-I-S-S, -S, nice. And it's a very altered rock. It was something else originally. It's been cooked and put under pressure and changed in such a way that all the minerals in it have come out and they've separated into different kinds of layers and that's why we get all this different kind of banding in it and then probably the, the, the tremendous violent events that would have done that probably also compressed it, altered it, folded so that we're not just getting bands we're getting in swirls where the bands are getting folded and oh, it, it's wild, it's like some 
you stand back and take a look at it, it's like some wild piece of modern art. It just it speaks to me of Brazil and carnivals and it's warm and it's exotic and it's, it's Mardi Gras. And it's also the outside of the travel agent's Thomas Cook. And I'm standing here and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, who would want to go inside Thomas Cook and book a holiday when you can stand out here and experience Brazil? I don't know whatever possessed anyone to put such a zany piece of Brazil on the corner of a small travel agent's at the top of Grafton Street, but I really am glad they did because I think that's lovely. Anyway, I'm crossing over and I'm on my way into the Stevens Green shopping centre here at the corner of Stevens Green again because we're going to look at something just as exotic. Well, in the space of just 200 metres, we have gone from the warm zaniness of Brazil to the cold, frozen wastes of the Arctic Circle because this is marble that comes from Norway at the Arctic Circle and it's outside Hickey's Fabric Shop here inside the Stevens Green Shopping Centre. And it's a lovely salmony pink, it's pale, it's very, very different from that last Brazilian rock. This is more like a watercolour, it's fragile, it's like snow and snow maidens and snow queens and there are veins of faint green and red through it and it's lovely and it glistens, the minerals in it are just glistening in the light here and it's as smooth as silk and I can't help thinking that none of the fabrics inside at Hickey's shop are as nice as this marble, this fabric that they have dressed the outside of the shop with. Can be heaven with coffee at eleven and a stroll in Stevens Green. Well, I've just parked my bike and I'm coming up to number 51 St. Stevens Green, and this is the headquarters of the Office of Public Works. And I'm coming to look at a very unusual art exhibition. But I've not come to look at paintings, I've come to look at panels of stone and this is an exhibition that was put together 150 years ago by a man called Sir Robert Kane and he put the exhibition together to try and highlight the commercial potential of Irish rocks and there's about oh a couple of hundred different types of stone in Ireland but there's about two dozen that are of commercial potential and most of these are different kinds of polished limestone, sometimes called marbles but in fact they're actually limestones and we can see the limestone nature of a lot of these stones, there's one I'm looking at here, they've all been numbered 1 to 40, these different panels. This is number 22. It's a limestone that comes from Galway. It was laid down perhaps 300, 350 million years ago when Ireland was covered by a shallow tropical sea. And this particular stone is all a coral colony. It's a deep black stone and it is thick with the fossil remains of a coral colony and they're like white crayon marks they're about the size of my fingernail and the stone is just covered with these and it's an example of just how this shallow tropical sea was teeming with life at a time when 300 million years ago Ireland would have been located perhaps south of the equator and that's just one of the different kinds of limestones that are here there are brown limestones and purple limestones and red limestones and the colours in these limestones comes from perhaps 
iron, different kinds of minerals give the stones their distinctive colours. Some of them, when they're polished, look quite marbled and mottled, a little bit like the corned beef that you get at the supermarket counter, different kinds of shapes. But there is some true marble here, and this is Connemara marble. It's the only true marble we get in Ireland. But this is also limestone in origin, but it's limestone that has been altered. It's metamorphic rock, and it's been cooked and heated and pressurised by the different kinds of events that formed the mountains in and around Connemara. And this is also the oldest rock in Ireland. It's about 600 million years ago. And it's a lovely green stone. The green comes from serpentine. It's a mineral that's associated with asbestos. And this particular panel of Connemara marble I'm looking at, it's number 20. And it's got bands of grey and black and there's hints of brown, a sepia colour in there as well too, but the predominant colour is green. And this particular panel, it's all zigzagged, as if the rock has been deformed and pleated and crushed together in the various geological events that helped to convert this rock from limestone into marble. And the, the Connemara marble has been used in some of the pillars in this foyer as part of this lovely exhibition of Irish rock. And there's one last example of stone that I want to look at before we leave the foyer of the OPW here in Stevens Green. And this is the Porter's Reception Desk. And it's a soft, grey-blue, creamy rock. It's called Travertine. And it's very unusual because this rock was laid down in hot springs near Rome. It's quite a soft rock. There are lots of small holes in it. It probably hasn't been compressed very hard. And I've seen it used on paving slabs outside Dublin Bus on O'Connell Street. And because it's on the ground, all the little holes get filled with dirt, and it seems a shame, a sad way to use such a very unusual, very attractive stone. But this stone is laid down in hot springs, which is just one more way in which different rocks are formed. Again, a sedimentary type of rock. Well, I've got back up on my bike now, and I'm heading away from Stevens Green. But before I get to my final destination, there is just one more building that I really have to tell you about. This is a most uninspiring looking red brick building on Stevens Green. But if you take a close look at the low wall on the street, it really is worth a second look because this is ancient desert. And we know it's ancient desert because it's a lovely red sandstone and the sand grains in this particular stone are still very rough. We know that they were buffered against each other by the wind and this particular sandstone comes from Merseyside, not too far from this corner of Ireland and probably came from where they dug out the Mersey Tunnel. It's got a lovely deep red colour which comes from the iron in it and the iron in it is also what cements the stone together. And this stone was laid down perhaps 200 million years ago at a time when the land in Ireland and in Britain was very much drier than it was 300 million years ago when all the limestones were laid down in shallow seas. And this is the heart of George in Dublin. And a lot of the buildings in this area, in fact this particular building, are made or are faced with brick. And there would have been brick works in the city, in fact, 
On the opposite side of Stephen's Green, the Hibernian Services Club is faced with brick that comes from Dolphin's Barn, not too far away on the south side of the city. And there's some suggestion that the park in Merrion Square was once a brickworks as well too. And brick is made from baked clay, and clay comes from weathered rock. So it's all part of the geological process that is being cycled and recycled. And this lovely ancient desert is on front very appropriately of the Department of Foreign Affairs. What an exotic piece of rock to put in front of a Department of Foreign Affairs. Okay, it's back out into some heavy traffic and on to our last destination. I've been here and I've been there I've sought the rainbow's end But no crock of gold i found now I know that come what will, whatever fate may send, here my roots are deep in friendly ground. I have come, it seems, miles from the hustle and bustle of Stevens Green, but in fact I've only come a mile or two to a lovely quiet oasis here. This is Mount Jerome Cemetery in Harles Cross. It's just a mile or two the city centre and I'm here in a veritable forest of stone. This is a great place to look at stone and examine the different kinds of stones there are and to see above anything else just how they weather the time and the ravages of city life. There are lots of different kinds of stone here, lots of black and grey and white, very traditional cemetery headstones here, most of them granites, polished black and grey limestone, some creamy white marble, some white Portland stone. And then in among them all there are some lovely dashes of colour, more exotic stone. I'm looking at a lovely soft pink polished granite. It's probably from uh, perhaps Donegal or maybe Balmoral granite from Scotland. And there are some really lovely stones being used these days for headstones. There's a very beautiful blue pearl stone it's called that comes from Norway and Finland and it's got lovely feldspar minerals in it and they, they wink at you like fish scales with an iridescent blue they really are gorgeous all the great Dublin names are here the Guinness family has evolved here the Grubb family, they were a great family of instrument makers. Their scientific instruments were known throughout the world in the last century. The Dockrell family is here. It's a great gathering. Some of the other names, wait till we see. John Millington Singh is here. Thomas Davis, A.E. Russell, Jack Yates. The list is endless. There is William Rowan Hamilton, a royal astronomer and a mathematician in the last century. And he used stone in a very unusual way. He carved his very famous Quaternion equations into the stone over Broom Bridge on the Royal Canal at the back of Cabra. He's buried here as well. But I've come just to visit one particular grave. This is, I have to get through some of the old Bodleia to get in to see this. This is Thomas Drummond. His last words in April 1840 were... Bury me in Ireland, the land of my adoption. I have loved her well and served her faithfully. He has a huge plinth here in limestone. The 
maker's, the carver's name is here, Mount Jerome. It was carved by the stone carvers here in the cemetery. It's topped by, I can only describe as a huge bathtub. It's quite a distinctive monument, very close to the offices here in the cemetery. So it's relatively easy to find. And Thomas Drummond is interesting because over 150 years ago, he was the man who discovered limelight in the days before electricity, in the days before the electric arc light. The brightest light was limelight. And we use lime for all kinds of different things over the centuries, and limelight is one of them. Thomas Drummond discovered that if you heat a block of lime, it glows with a bright white light. It's curious the things that endure. Thomas Drummond's name is all but forgotten. His limelight is gone. We remember just the phrase in the limelight. And so many of the stones around me, their inscriptions are illegible. They no longer tell the story of the person they commemorate, the person they remember. But the stones themselves endure. They remain. And they tell their own story. Sunny summer morning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.